Understanding the other person in any relationship is foundational to building a life with them. If you don't know them at a soul level, that's what I'm talking about. Not a surface level, but a soul level. If you don't know them at that level, all your efforts to connect in an in-depth way will fall flat. You will end up as acquaintances, perhaps business partners, maybe functional friends, but the joy and appreciation that flows from deeply knowing each other won't be there. And as you might imagine, Bill Finn Mabel had this problem. Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. The title of this article is, Understanding Someone is Hard Work but the only way to build well. I have an article here, a little bit over 2,000 words, and you're welcome to read it if you wish. As always, there are many embedded links here, and so consider this as a long-term homework assignment for any individual or couple that's looking to build into their relationship. Now, also embedded inside the article, I have a short video that will benefit you. I also have a mind map. I will not be able to draw much attention from those two resources, but they are here and they are free to you. And so please take advantage of them. And as always, if you have questions for us, you may ask them on our community forums, and that would be great. It's just one way that that we can enjoy you. As I was preparing the, the article today, I received this note from Jennifer. This is just an excerpt that I want to highlight because it was so encouraging. She said, I want to thank everyone who contributes to this site. Go team. She said, all the information provides a unique perspective and has literally been life-changing for me. I spend a lot of time here. Thank you so much for that kind note, Jennifer, and everything that everything else that you wrote as well. I see that one of our team members has already responded to you, and so thank you for taking advantage of our resources and for coming back and, and talking about the encouragement and the help that you have received from this ministry, because I think that it's important for people to understand that, that God is doing a good work here. And Jennifer, I appreciate your appreciation, your gratitude. More importantly, I'm glad that the Lord is meeting a need. He is scratching a itch in your life. And for that, I am quite grateful. This may be one of the last Your Daily Drive podcast that I will ever do. I am coming close to the end. I'm not going to stop. I have no intentions of of stopping producing article content, but as I have been saying for a few weeks now, we are moving everything over to one network. We have been trimming down. We haven't stopped producing resources. I mean, our content production is probably as high as it has ever been as far as the output is concerned, but we're working under the the idea of less is more. And so rather than having two networks, we're only going to have one. And so we're really nearing to the end. And so I, I urge you to get over on Life Over Coffee and subscribe to that on the platform that, that you normally listen to because the articles are going to start showing up over there and your daily drive is going to go permanently silent. We will keep these podcasts in archive so that you can listen to every past Your Daily Drive article. 
but they won't be any new ones, new podcasts produced. And that's, that's coming around the bend quickly. And so please subscribe to Life Over Coffee. All right, this one, understanding someone is hard work, but the only way to build well. Bill Finn Mabel's marriage started going in the tank during year two. They are in year 23 now. The accumulative result of their attempts at conflict resolution has left them as entrenched combatants rather than maturing lovers. It doesn't matter what the subject is, within seconds they are disagreeing with each other. Now, if the topic happens to be on the more profound things of life, they are less civil. They're not just silent and disagreeing, but they, they go for each other's throat. This past summer, Biff and Mabel made their annual five-hour trip to the beach. Mabel said it was a pleasant drive. Biff said they never exchanged a word the whole way. Biff stared ahead for five unbreakable hours, while Mabel kept her head slightly bowed, knitted her mom's upcoming Christmas gift. That is the way it typically goes for Biff and Mabel. Mabel readily admits that she has problems. She's not ignoring that. There are several things that she needs to work through. Typically, she talks to her friends at their weekly Bible study. Mabel says, My girls do not try to fix me, at least not initially. They listen. They try to understand Mabel before offering solutions, if they provide solutions at all. Mabel said, If I've said it once to Biff, I've said it a thousand times. I don't want you to fix me. Will you try to understand me? I think many husbands listening to this podcast has heard that before, some version of that. Mabel angrily said, He does not get it. After more probing, she added that she does not want anyone to fix her. Most of the time, she merely wants to talk it out, hoping for understanding but not looking for answers. Mabel said that she would be open to Biff's suggestions if he would spend time talking to her rather than at her. She's not suggesting that she wants someone to indulge in any sin. If she is sinning, Mabel doesn't want to miss out on sound advice. She loves help. She has a passion to grow in Christ. You see, it's not one or the other, but it's the order that matters most. Will you understand me first? Now, no doubt men and women are different. No matter how our culture attempts to blur those lines, and my, my, they are working hard at skewing the lines between the genders. Biff is a typical guy who he jumps all the links in the sequence and he pulls out the wrenches and he gets the work gets to work on the problem. That's a guy thing. That's me. I'm talking about myself. Remember that that, that my articles here, these podcasts that I'm doing, they are 
They are my devotionals. They are how I reflect on life. They, they are how I look in the mirror. And so, therefore, many, many of these are autobiographical. And so I'm sharing some of the things that I have learned and some of the things that I'm still in process of learning. Now, from Mabel's perspective, she, she feels more like a, a project than a person. You see, Biff's standard operating procedure, well, it does remind me of, well, it reminds me of me which is not what Peter was suggesting. When Peter said in 1 Peter 3, 7, Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. All you men know that. You've heard that verse many times. Peter's appeal was for us men to understand our wives. Now, why? That's a good question. The answer is really simple. Because men and women are different. Here is a helpful suggestion to to the men species, as I mostly remind myself here. Before you try to fix your wife, uh, please spend some time getting to know her by understanding her. Now, I know, I know you want to get her done. I want to get her done, too, so that we can move on. I do understand. But she's not a project on a sheet of paper where you tick the box, check, 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 done. That won't work. The good Lord did not wire her that way. Yes, I'm putting this in the Lord's lap. He made her different from you and me. It does remind me of physical intimacy. We're different there too. I mean, generally speaking, it it doesn't take men long to enjoy the benefits of physical marital relations, but the wife, ah, much different. With her, it's a 24-7 experience. Who you are outside the bedroom and how you treat her in those contexts assures success or failure in the bedroom. Now, there are other differences, too. For example, you might enjoy adventure movies. I do. Spy movies. I like those. Those that are hard to figure out, that keep you guessing, and then they have that final plot twist that... Ah, did not see that coming. I like those. And then maybe your spouse likes chick flicks. See, our differences are not something for either gender to roll their eyes at or mock. We shouldn't mock what our children like at at this stage in their life. I watched a movie recently with my daughter, which was, it was a grind. It was hard to watch. Now, I'm not sure she liked it either, but there have been other shows that I have watched with my children that you watch because that's what they enjoy and that's where they are. And then you do the same for your wife. You don't roll your eyes at that. You don't mock that. That kind of attitude is how divorce happens. It's how racism exists. God is the one who made females a particular way. It was his doing, and his creative work should be marvelous in our eyes. Responding self-righteously to a wife's differences as though being a male is superior is not the kind of arrogance that will bond any man to his woman or bring glory to God. The common sense reason Peter wants us to understand our wives is that they are different from us. They are different. 
Those differences go well beyond what we can observe. You know, it's sad to watch our culture try to engineer equal outcomes by lowering the bar so women can achieve the same kind of behaviors as a man. I remember in 2015, 2016, one of those years we went to Colorado Springs and just outside of Springs, there's the Air Force Academy. We went to the Academy. It was a wonderful experience, a good tour. We saw the intro video, and as I was sitting there watching the infomercial for the Air Force Academy, they showed men doing physical things like throwing a big ball or jumping vertically or jumping in, in a broad jump and doing push-ups. The women did it on their knees. The women did not have to throw as far. They didn't have to run as fast. And I thought it was ironic, even in, in 2015, 2016, that, well, I mean, they have to admit that they are different. But lowering the bar, as they're trying to do, to have equal outcomes behaviorally, well, that's impossible. That's not going to work out well. But it's even worse than that. Men and women are different on the inside, too. Psychologically, psyche means soul. Psychology is the study of the soul. We're different on the inside. Understanding a wife, honestly, has very little to do with what we can see. Those physical, knowable differences are mostly self-explanatory. Peter's appeal to understand our wives is more about the unseen and the unknown, the things that have shaped her your uniqueness internally. Because Mabel is a unique soul, what Biff should know and what Biff needs to know about her is unique to her. Biff's wife, your wife, my wife are three unique people. Each one needs specific understanding from their specific husbands so those men can serve them specifically or uniquely. Because there is nobody like your wife, let me give you three helpful keys that will serve you as you interact with your bride. Now, every wife should apply these things to how they think about their husbands too. And I trust you have that habit, uh, the habit of listening to these podcasts. And honestly, nearly all of them, it doesn't matter which gender or, or which demographic I'm talking to. I can do a, a podcast talking about rebellious teenagers and every humble adult male or female should listen to that and make personal application. And so even though I'm writing a, a fictional case study here about Biff and Mabel, and the accent mark is on Biff not understanding Mabel, Mabel should make those applications. And if you're humble, as most of you are, you, you're, you've already been doing that. And so here are three things to think about as far as understanding your wife. And I have some have more things to say later on. But number one, remember that your wife is not like you. And again, for you wives, remember that your husband is not like you. My wife sometimes <laughs> marvels at how I am so different. But we've had these conversations many times and, and she has grown to appreciate me and love me in all of my, all of my uniqueness. N number one, remember that your wife or your spouse is not like you. Number two, 
before you try to fix your wife, make sure that you know her first. Understand her before you try to fix her. Number three, before you try to get her to see things your way, be sure that you see things her way. As I have said in other places, two of the most important books you'll ever read are the Bible and your spouse. Your, your spouse is a, a page-turner, and I trust that your Bible is one, too. Studying your wife is the implied point of what Peter was saying. It is imperative that you get inside her mind so you can look at things through her eyes. Be sure that you see things the way she sees things. Now, I am not suggesting that you agree with her. At this juncture of what I am suggesting, it really doesn't matter if she's right or wrong. You're not looking for truth. This is one of the keys in counseling. When you're counseling anyone, you're not looking for truth initially or primarily in, in the beginning. You're looking to understand that person that you're trying to help. As I've told the story before, I was counseling a 16, 17-year-old girl, and I asked her, I said, what do you uh, ask? What I asked her, I said, do you, do you love God? She said, yes. I said, why do you love God? Because he first loved me, she said, and I told her to stop it. Just stop it. You have given me your fourth grade flannel graph answer from Sunday school as you have been in Sunday school all of your life and you've learned to parrot responses back to questions like that. No, I don't want to hear the Bible out of you. I want to hear what you think. Uh, I want to hear from you. And she looked at me quizzically and she said, are you serious? I said, yes. And, and then she told me what she actually thought of God, which was a far cry from, from what she parroted to me. And to her response, I said, praise God, thank you so much. And she, she was even more she was even more flummoxed by, by my response. But I walked her through that because, again, at this juncture, I'm not looking for right or wrong. I'm not looking for truth. I want to understand you. And this is what I'm saying. You're not on a truth expedition as much as you're on a I-want-to-know-you adventure. No husband will ever help his wife well if he does not understand her. And so I want to give you four helpful ways to know your spouse. Now, again, these thoughts apply to either spouse. I've said already, I've given you uh, three tips. Before your wife, uh, remember that your wife is not like you. That was one. And then I said, before you try to fix your wife, make sure you know her first. And then number three, before you try to get her to see things your way, be sure that you see things her way. Now, here are four more. You must understand what she sees. And that's what I was trying to do with that teenage girl in counseling many years ago. I just wanted to understand what, what is it that you see? What is it that you know? What is it that you understand? And I don't care what the answer is. By the way, when you're talking to your children this way or talking to your wife or even talking to a friend, you know there will be a sense of shame and insecurity that they have, as we all have, and I knew that with that teenage girl. And sometimes you would want to preface what you're asking by saying, I want you to know that there will be no repercussion, there will be no sinful reaction. I want you to have perfect freedom to communicate in any way that you believe you need to communicate so that you can say whatever it is that you believe you need to say. You want to release them from that. 
You want to release them from the fear of some kind of harsh retaliation because you really do want to understand what is it in, in the way that I framed it here. You want to understand what do they see. Number two, you must understand how she responds to things. There, Two people looking at the same thing, whatever it is, they're not going to respond the same way, and you need to know that about your spouse. Number three, you must understand her discernment processes, the way that she thinks about things. Lucia and I have talked about this a, a lot because, we, again, we, we are different, and, and the way that I analyze something, the way that I process something is different from her. Sometimes we go to these conferences and people will ask her you know if if she would speak and they make an assumption that she's like me she's not she's not i mean praise god actually uh, and she doesn't counsel she never has counseled in a formal sense the way that i have but her mind doesn't work that way that's not a positive or a negative it's just that god made her different and knowing in this case i'm saying you must understand her discernment processes knowing that Strengths and weaknesses in your relationships it what, is what makes a marriage awesome. And so number one, you must understand what she sees. Number two, you must understand how she responds to things. Number three, you must understand her discernment processes. Number four, you must understand why she thinks that way. I realize there's bleed over in all of these statements, but I really want to be abundantly clear because this is so vital. An aspect of becoming one flesh in your covenantal union is understanding each other. Any relationship is not just about fixing what is wrong with the other person. And while you should be helping each other in your sanctification, which means fixing things, you should also be enjoying each other deeply according to how God has made both of you as individuals. Part of our problem with not taking the time to learn each other, quite frankly, is just laziness. But that's a surface issue. That's a behavioral problem, and it's real. We, we're lazy. We're selfish. We don't want to take the time to do any kind of excavation in our relationships to learn each other because we're lazy. But there is a deeper issue at play. A person's self-esteem can be so high that we want someone to be like us. This is one of the many problems with the self-esteem, worldview, mindset, culture. It's a selfish way of enjoying another person like me. Self-esteem is, is a person, in, in this context, is enjoying, some, I want somebody to be like me because you have such high self-esteem that you can only see it your way. You can only do it the way you would do it. You, you can only think the way you think. You really don't have a category for another type of person because your self-esteem, and you could say narcissism at this point, but because your self-esteem is, is going through the roof. You'll see this attitude in our judgments. You see, we typically condemn those who are not like us. The implication is clear. If you were like me, I would like you. If you were like me, you would not do that. We make those judgments because we are mapping ourselves over them as though they can't be them. They have to be like me. This is a big issue with self-esteem. The blessing of companionship is not about 29 points of compatibility. 
but about being humble enough to understand and embrace a relationship's incompatibility, strengths, and weaknesses. You see, your spouse brings something special to the table that you do not possess. Your perceived disadvantage in your spouse is actually your biblical advantage. The wise spouse knows this and seeks to take biblical advantage of their differences for the glory of God and the mutual benefit of each other. God is much bigger. God is much better than a monochromatic creator. He does not want two of you. He wants you to enjoy someone different from you. Your spouse compliments you. But you'll have to do the grunt work necessary to learn and understand your spouse, which means you can't expect your spouse to react to every situation as you would. Now, the temptation is to circumvent the future reward of unified joy by by not taking the time to see things as your spouse would or does. We enlist our opinions, our options, our tactics, our strategies first. It's the attitude of how I would do it. Perhaps you're right, but if you don't consider the other person in the relationship, you will devalue them to the point where they may resign trying to build unity with you. Philippians 2 talks about having the mind of Christ, which is counting others more significant than ourselves. Do you, do I have the mind of of Christ? Jesus was our first missionary who left place and person to come to another place, to become another person, which enabled him to sympathize with our weaknesses, to understand us. Jesus positioned himself to be the perfect helper for broken souls. God became flesh to not only help us, but to understand us. And aren't you stoked that Christ understands you? How many times have you gone to him because you wanted an understanding friend? What would it be like to have a spouse who took the time to understand you? Having an understanding Savior and friend is the best of both worlds. Now, I'm not suggesting that you have to have a spouse. But having that kind of friend, spouse or not, is vital to our collective sanity. The way this kind of relationship happens is to become like the other person because a spouse's life experience is different. They had different parents, different siblings, different friends, sufferings, educational opportunities, and a zillion other shaping influences. I do have that mind map I mentioned earlier. It's here. I, I won't be talking through it, but you're welcome to look at it. And I do have a 30-minute podcast already on this mind map and it talks about how two people are different and the need to know the things that i am communicating here about shaping influences if you don't when these two unique souls marry they will have no understanding of each other and the chances of them doing well will be nearly impossible i trust you've noticed and I mentioned this outright about halfway through this podcast that my, my point did change from focusing on Biff to talking about both of them because this need of understanding each other is critical for any spouse. Of course, what I'm telling you applies to any relationship, as I have already mentioned, whether you're married or not. If you don't take the time to discern the unique person in front of you, That relationship will always spin in the slaw of shallowness. There is another other-centered call 
to relationship building. Now, the way to do this is, is simple, really. You ask the other person questions about themselves. God does not put relationship building on par with learning rocket science. Most of us do not have the mental acuity to ascend those levels, but most relationship stuff is honestly as Friendship 101. The real issue is whether you'll be, if you will move past whatever barriers are, are in the way to build intentionally with another person. Now, I recognize that the other person will put up barriers and there will be problems there because they will not want to reciprocate. And that is a, a common response that I get from people who, who really want to push forward in intentionally intrusive relationships. But hopefully that reaction of what other people will or will not do, hopefully that reaction or that concern is not your first reaction or your first concern. That is, that cannot be your starting point. Paul said in Romans twelve eighteen, if possible... So far, as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Some folks won't reciprocate, which is another point for another time, and I've talked about that a lot in all of these podcasts. I've got right at 1100 Your Daily Drive podcast. As this podcast is coming to an end, uh, and I have like 1100 of them, which are attached to articles, and many of them talk about the very thing, the other person on the other end of the line who won't change. But the question for you is, will you live for the other person as Christ lives for you? Perhaps you can reflect on your dating relationship when studying the other person was at an all-time high. I'm speaking about that kind of mindset. Now, in the call to action of this article here, I have a series of questions for you. And if you do want to do that more in-depth dive into the point of this podcast, I would encourage you. Here's several things I want you to do. One, I want you to read through the call the act, the call to action and, and work through the questions that I've laid out for you. You can spend some time looking into this mind map that I've presented here. Watch the short video and then jump through many of those embedded links. Do what Jennifer said, the testimony that I gave you at the head of this uh, podcast. She said, I spent a lot of time on your site. Do that. And then, of course, as always, you can talk to us on our, our forums, and so just jump on there and ask. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and I do, have, I do hope you have a blessed day.